Hey, Seasoners, and welcome back to another installment of my first season. I had the pleasure of working with my guests today during the 2004-2005 Dream Team season with Hendel in Cancun, and he is the 11th guest from that season to be on the podcast. His first season was in Club Med Cancun in 2003 as a snorkeling, sailing, and windsurfing geo. He is from Virginia, but has been living in beautiful Australia since 2006. He went to the University of Colorado and studied linguistics and French. French, hmm, he never spoke French to me in Cancun, but we'll get into that. He speaks 12 languages. What the, that can't be right. Yes, 12 languages. Okay, you can bet old Greg Hanna is going to quiz him on some of those languages. He also attended the University of Melbourne for primary education and is now a teacher. Please help me give a very warm welcome to the one and only Joseph Ramsey. Hey, Joseph, how are you, sir? Swan, good. How are you doing? Oh, you remembered my nickname. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, yeah, I do have a funny joke about my nickname. I just can't repeat it here. Like why why it's called Swan. I had two answers, you know, the real one and then the funny one. So <laughs> I don't think I, oh, can I don't think I've heard either one. of those. <laughs> uh, I, are you telling me all those times talking to you at the sailing shack? I didn't say, oh, God, I must have. Okay. <laughs> No, I'll, 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 I will remind you when we stop recording. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'm going to slip my mind, but yeah, I, would, I can't wait to. I, I'd be breaking it. my, breaking my rule if I, if I said what, why. Okay. <laughs> well, so thank you. Uh, so you're, you're American. You've been in Australia for, for a while now, right? I'd say since 2006, we said. 2006. Yes. And unfortunately okay. my accent is kind of stuck halfway in between. So if it, I say yes. anything that sounds a bit too Australian. I, I apologize. <laughs> yes. So for the lucky people that got to work with Joseph, he's every every second or third word is going to sound Aussie. So you know, just 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 keep in mind <laughs> he's been living in that Stay beautiful country since two thousand. He's going to he's going to say words like dodgy, you know, and stuff like that. But that's okay. We'll 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 translate oh, yeah, those words. Nah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where to begin? Well, I'm curious. All right. So we know you're from Virginia. Now, yep. when when did you find out you had an affinity for languages? I started learning French when I was five years old, and uh, I was quite the dork. And uh, I was I remember uh, okay. Excuse me, one second. My... You got you already dropped something interesting. Now, why French at five? Most kids are like playing, you know, with their slinky. How come you got so interested nah. in French at five years old? I went to a school and they taught French from from five years old. Really? And, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I know. it was a uh, not particularly uh, stereotypically American, but uh, yeah, it was available, so I took it and I took to it like duck to water. I um, yeah, I just loved it. Did we speak French in Cancun to each other? I mean, you knew us from Montreal, or did we not? Yeah, I don't think so. I would have. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> See, I this is sent. I had to go to all of the the French apéro. Uh, evenings and i had to do the french um the welcomes where you went to the the airport and the buses and all that and i uh, i always had to do the french stuff okay well this is, this is what i like about the podcast it gets a chance to catch up and the things the questions i probably should have asked you when we had literally nothing to do at the beach because there was no wind you know? <laughs> yeah didn't come up i guess we were doing a push-up contest or something i don't know something intellectual probably. intellectual like that <laughs> i think it was backgammon back then Oh, I never played it. I think you were playing that with Sardine, what Sardine, Sardine, the dancing machine, possibly, because I never <laughs> I never learned how to play backgammon. <laughs> oh God. Hours, hours at the beach doing that. Okay. So you so you graduate. Now, how I guess you told me that you went to Clement Eleuthera at nine years old and then Cancun at 13, correct? As a GM? Correct, yes. 
Okay. And that, and did you ever think though, like when you were in the teen club, like, Hey, I'd like to do this as a job someday, or that was too soon. No, no, no. I remember when I uh, left Cancun, I said, I want to do this one day. Weirdly enough, uh, my sister had the exact same thought. So my sister was actually a geo as well, a couple of years before me. Oh, was she? What did she do? She was in the boutique and she worked in um, Sandpiper and then again in Cancun. Oh, really? I guess after Sandpiper, yeah. she she was begging to go to a singles village, huh? Oh, yeah. I think she had fun in Sandpiper because she didn't last. I think she only did one season in Cancun and did not particularly enjoy it. So she um, left Club Med shortly after that. Okay. I didn't know that either. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And you learned to sail in Virginia, right? Yeah. I grew up on a big lake. And um, so we went sailing a lot. And then I went to sailing camp every summer for a while and sailed with my grandparents. And yeah, again, I never thought I would be able to do it in Club Med. I thought I'd have to need some big permit or license or something like they do in France, but no. And what, which uh, lake in Virginia was that? Uh, Smith Mountain Lake, it's called. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And you're from Lynchburg, Lynchburg, Virginia, right? Yeehaw. Okay. And, and dummies like me automatically bring up uh, whiskey and you have to remind them that's in Tennessee. No, <laughs> that's in Tennessee. Yeah. This is uh, okay. this one's, uh, not quite so famous, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> well, there's you, right? You got, you got, you got, <laughs> I don't know you got, if I can. You got you out of Lynchburg, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I don't know if I can't, but you know, I'll, I'll put it on the map. Okay. So at what point, like we know your first season in 2003 Cancun, but when, what made you want to apply finally? I uh, So I graduated college and some friends of mine convinced me to move to New Zealand. I got to New Zealand and I didn't really like it. And I know everyone kind of gasps at that, but what? I just, it wasn't. Yes. Why? Uh, no, 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 no. It just wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, I moved to a really small town and it was, um, I was living in this tiny little town and I thought it would be very, uh, like I was in university still and, you know, to have lots of friends and people my age. And that was just not the case. And it wasn't really what I wanted. And so I left New Zealand after about four or five months and came to Australia. And I spent four or five months backpacking around Australia. And then I got home and I was just kind of floundering. And I just said, I, I need to do something. And I wasn't quite ready to get a, a real job. And so uh, that's when I decided to apply. Okay. And now where was your interview? Beautiful Newark, New Jersey. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did you have to like fly there on your own dime to, to, for this uh, I drove up, oh, I drove, drove up and, um, yeah, it was about a, I think it was like a seven or eight hour drive. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. You drove I was in Virginia to New Jersey, New Jersey. Uh, I was pretty bored. <laughs> okay. All right. Must have make some good mixtapes for that road trip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old mixtapes. I think they're mixed CDs back in the day. Okay. Oops, I'm dating myself. Where did you, <laughs> so when you get there, do you recall who gave you your interview or, or was 2003 <sighs> just too long ago? I think it was Amy Washburn. Okay. Now, did, um, you, tell, she, did, you, did you tell her you wanted to be uh, sailing, windsurfing, or snorkeling, Gio? Or that's where they no, put, put you? No. I, I said the sports team. After talking to my sister, she um, sort of pushed me to go towards the sports team, and I thought that'd be that'd be awesome. But to be honest, I was quite happy to do anything because I knew once you get to resort, you can you can chop and change ever so slightly. Um, so I just said, I'd like to do the sports team. I think I said, I think you, you got to do a preference. So I think I did sports and then reception and then I think maybe excursions. This is my preference. Yeah, I went through the whole interview process and I got a call 
couple of weeks later and they said, oh, we want to, um, we want you to be a snorkeling geo. It's like, okay, that's strange. I've never expressed any interest in that, but yeah, sure. No dramas. But then I said, oh, you need to become a lifeguard first. I said, what? Excuse me? So I actually had to go and do this three day crash course to be a lifeguard to, uh, really go and teach snorkel. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, was this a Mexi- was- Mexican law or was it a club med thing? Because I, I did snail- sailing, uh, snorkeling in 97, 98 and I wasn't a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they made me do it. It was really strange uh, because especially because every, they had lifeguards on the beach anyways. <laughs> okay. And so, you did this no, no, course no. in three days? I did it in three days. I wouldn't trust me to save anybody's life, but yeah, technically okay. I did it. <laughs> All right. And, and you get there and, uh, you know, I guess, Fast forward a bit. I mean, Gus, Gus from Australia. So you're in Australia now. Your first chief of village is Australian. And you were probably yeah. never thinking that you'd be living in Australia one day. So I find that interesting. Okay. So tell me, what do you remember about your, do you remember the first day arriving? Do you remember that first week? I do. I do. I um, I flew in and I um, got picked up at the airport. And the, uh, the person that got picked up at the airport, I was the only GO. But there was the guy coming in to do the CPR training for everyone on the sports team him and i got picked up and i got uh, dropped off to the village and the first person i saw was the chief sports uh, nicole cooper oh yeah and really nicole was your chief of yeah. sports oh cool she was my first chief of sports i started chatting to her and then i actually forgot the name of it but the who was the person who's responsible for the integration of the geos it was um oh the uh was that was that like the igo or something they called them igo like, that's it igo okay uh, the IGO came up and it was this Brazilian guy called Nando. He was looking through my CV and he says, oh, you speak Portuguese. I said, yeah, I do. And he rabbit fired uh, Portuguese at me for the next three hours. I was like, oh, okay. Time to sink or swim. And um, yeah, it was a very interesting first day. You, you carried your CV with you? He had it. He oh, was okay. looking at, or, or, or maybe my... Um, I don't remember what it was, but there was, they had some sort of information thing on me about where I was from, languages I spoke, what, what I was going to do. Yeah, I don't remember. It was, and, he and had a paper. You, I do remember when, that. And when you were riding in the in the cab with the guy who was about to teach CPR, did you brag how you don't need it? Because you just did a, 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 a lifeguard coach. I did. In three days. I, I did say that. And he said, tough, you're doing it anyways. <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> I'll, I will do that. No problem. All right. So you meet Gus, you meet uh, Nicole Cooper, your chief of sports. They stick you at, uh, so snorkeling, I guess, was in the same area when we were there in 2004, right? Correct. I mean, it was right, yep. right off the main road. And yep. uh, did you, what would you, would you think of it now that, I mean, it's funny because last time you were in Cancun, you were a teen club. Now you're a geo. Did that cross your mind? Yeah, it did. It's funny. I remember being at Club Med as a GM. And just really enjoying it, but the, the, I didn't remember any of the particulars. Like I didn't remember where anything was or what the restaurant looked like or what the snorkeling looked like. And it was like, I was there again for the very first time. Okay. And so how long roughly were you in Cancun? Like how many months? I was in Cancun for I think about 14 months the first time around. And then I came back for another year. 14 months. On. Okay. 14 yeah. months. Do you have any interesting stories or anecdotes or... Anything weird uh, happened on a snorkeling trip? Someone throw up in the water? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I only lasted at snorkeling for about four weeks. And then I got transferred over to windsurfing and sailing. Oh, Probably the most embarrassing thing was um, we accidentally left a windsurfer, uh, a windsurfing 
GM in the water after we closed up for the day and we didn't realize, which was um, really embarrassing. <laughs> but then you found the, um, them. You found them. Well, weirdly from... enough, we, he, um, he actually found us. So I don't know if you remember, but remember how they had the little boats that go out the front of uh, where the snorkeling shack is? Yeah. These li- they did like a little tour from the other resorts in Cancun. And this windsurfer actually drifted out to the opening of a lagoon and one of those little boats actually picked him up and dragged him back around through the lagoon on his windsurfer to the back of the resort right by the restaurant and he actually i saw him getting pulled in i was like what is this he jumped off and he was wild furious but um that we managed to smooth things over it was fine but it was uh, quite embarrassing that (laughs) all right and so when when this uh, gm you know who was a little irked uh, when he calmed down. So did you like uh, approach him, smooth it over, take him to the bar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we met up at the bar. We met up at the bar later. And um, needless to say that uh, he um, he left a happy camper in the end. Uh, some, he had some good customer service. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Because, you know, I mean, th- these things could have gone another way. So this is a happy ending, which I oh, like. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm very happy that it didn't uh, end in tears. That's for sure. <laughs> I take it he was a beginner windsurfer though too, right? I'm guessing. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very okay. much so. Got it. <laughs> after that, I did. It was a very valuable lesson. I did learn to be a little bit more vigilant after that. Yeah, you probably like quadrupled the count that you normally did, right? Like, uh, what, yeah, how, it, or count counted that, the boards, that, right? Yeah. That's a mistake you only make once. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So what else? What else happened that Cancun season? Did you um, find uh, Gus uh, like very, actually, very talented and funny, like we all do? Who got to work with him, like with the with the yeah, violin Gus was and great. the didgeridoo? Okay. Yeah, Gus was great. I actually forgot about the violin until you mentioned that. I do remember his little dog Sonora that he rescued when he was at Sonora Bay that followed oh, okay. him around everywhere. Yeah, he had this dog that hated everybody except for Gus. He wouldn't let anyone else pet him. And oh, um, really, okay. Funny, funny story. Gus actually got. Um, he took the dog with him to Crested Butte and then he was flying home to Australia to do his last season at Lindemann. And back then dogs had to be in quarantine for, I think it was a month uh, when yes. they arrived in Australia. Yes. We learned that from the, the shops, we, learned, we, learned, we learned that from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard fiasco in Australia. Yes. Okay. Well, it's <laughs> actually changed now. Now it's only like oh. a week. It's, it's oh, really? not so bad anymore. Yeah. It's okay. not quite as bad, but anyway, he takes his dog home, does all the things he has to do. And it's quite an expensive procedure. And he was all set to take his dog to Lindemann. And then I think he was actually about to board the plane. And he uh, found out, I don't know how he found out, but Lindemann Island is actually a, a national park. And yes. you can't have any domesticated animals in national parks anywhere in Australia. Yep. So he had to leave his, I think he left it with his parents or something, I don't remember exactly. But uh, yeah, he had to leave his poor little dog at home. Yeah, it's funny. I when I was in Lindemann, I wanted to, I wanted a parrot my whole life, and there they're like sixty bucks. Okay, like in Montreal, they're like five thousand, right? So even though there's oh, wow. the, even though there's sulfur crested cockatoos everywhere on Lindemann Island, I wasn't allowed to like say buy one in Mackay or Hamilton and bring it over. So that was my one chance to own a, a cheap parrot. Okay, do you know? I funnily enough, I actually used to want one really, really badly, and then I moved to Australia, and they are um, quite loud. Yes. I don't yes. know if I could actually handle having one in my house. <laughs> yes. The they, screech uh, it sounds like a pterodactyl. I've never yeah, they're all, used to it. They're all in the trees. There's a hundred of them in the trees and they're just, yes, squawking at you, right? <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, I actually ended up going to Lindemann Island uh, a few years ago. I was on a sailing trip in on Inuit Sundays and really? uh, we pulled off at the front of Lindemann and it's like a, a ghost resort now. 
Yes. It was really cool to be able to wander around and I would have loved to work there. It was really pretty. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah. That hill was really intense though. It's uh, I couldn't imagine doing that all the time. Oh, oh, you climbed it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lots of, lots of snakes uh, when I was there, you had to watch out for, but of course, yeah. as you know, the seven deadly of anything like is in Australia, right? Like this. <laughs> Do you know, snakes. I've lived here for almost, I've lived here for almost 18 years and I've seen three snakes in 18 years. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, because as a North American who went to Australia, I mean, I only went for a year. Now, I, I'm just curious if they tell this to all North Americans or it was just me. When you got there and let me <laughs> say, it was, say it was your first rainy night, did all your friends, Aussie friends, warn you to, Joseph, I know you're going to want to, but don't lick the cane toads. Did anyone say that to you? <laughs> This is no. a true story. This why, is a true story. Why would you lick a why would you lick a cane toad? That's just well, because because then I'd say, What are you talking about? They go, Greg, we know what you're gonna want to. I go, just explain because it secretes a, a toxin and it makes you it gives you a high. So so if you lick the cane toad, you get the secretion, right? And it gives you a buzz, but it doesn't always <laughs> it doesn't always go the right way, right? Some people over lick, I guess. Uh, so okay, so no one said that to you. No, weirdly enough, I've never gotten the urge to uh, lick a toad. Well, neither did I, but when they kept telling me not to, all of a sudden, you know, oh, I want to I want to lick that toad now, you know? Okay. They, they, they inceptioned you, did they? Yes. No, I, <laughs> they did. Okay. My, um, my sister and my brother-in-law used to live in Queensland, and I remember the first time I went up to go visit them, the cane toads came out, and it was my first time, because we don't have them in Melbourne, but I was up there, and... Uh, they come out and they're a pest and they get in the dog bowls and they kill dogs and it's actually quite bad. And my brother-in-law took a cricket bat and popped about seven in the backyard. And I remember being a bit um, oh, gross, worried and scared okay. for my safety. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, it's quite, cr it's cricket quite bat brutal. has uh, a lot of uses in Australia, I see. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the uh, home deterrent system. Criminal deterrent system, I guess. Well, <laughs> speaking of Australia, what are the odds? You're probably the only guy I know that works. His first two seasons have two Australian chief of villages. I don't know the odds on this. I'm sure it's uh, it's pretty high. So your next season, you go to Ixtapa in 2004 with Joey Templin, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's uh, what's what's that like? Yeah, did you like uh, Ixtapa, like a family village after Singles News, or you not? So Ixtapa is awesome. And I actually, really, so backing up when I was leaving Cancun, so Hendel was my chief of village. So Gus was there for the first five, six months. And then Hendel came in and Hendel was still there when you and I worked together. And Hendel came to see me after 14 months and said, all right, it's affectation time. And I was like, oh, goody, where am I going? And he said, you're going to Paradise Island. And I thought, and I remember not being very excited. And um, I really, really fell in love with Mexico and I really wanted to stay in Mexico or somewhere where I could speak Spanish. And um, I said, Oh, thanks Hendel. That'd be, that's awesome. But any chance I can stay in Mexico or maybe go to Punta Cana or something like that. He's like, leave it with me. Hendel, it was actually really cool. Went off and uh, sent me to Ixtapa. I had a great time, but Ixtapa in the summertime has absolutely zero wind. So <laughs> I was uh, a sailing geo we would have weeks on end where there would not be a breath of wind. So uh, not quite as much fun. And yeah, after being in a singles village, uh, the family villages are just a little bit different. Just a little bit quieter and calmer and uh, not quite the buzz that the that Cancun had. Well, yeah, yeah, I've, he I've heard that about uh, Ixtapa. Yeah, the lack of wind. So it's kind of ironic that they offer when they offered at the time sailing and windsurfing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought, yeah, I never quite got it, but yeah, it was fun. The beach was really big. I ended up uh, having to drag the boats back and forth a couple times a day and ended up uh, got a bit more in shape, which was nice. So, yeah, since you, no, it was, oh, I say, I was going to ask since you worked for two Aussie chiefs back to back, what, what was it? Was there a difference between both? I didn't get to know because when I first got to Cancun, I was a very new geo and I was, you know, in awe of Chief of Village. They're my big boss. So I didn't actually have a lot to do with Gus, but I got to know Joey Templin really quite well, actually. So um, him and I were closer friends, but Joey was great. Uh, He was awesome. Uh, Weirdly enough, Joey actually came to my wedding uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, really? We've actually remained, we've remained friends ever since. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. But he lives up in Sydney. So yeah, we used to, I used to go to Sydney all the time and I'd see him fairly regularly and it was, uh, yeah, nice. So yeah, him and I were, were great friends. So I definitely got to know him better. And how long were you, how many months roughly were you at Xtapa? I was at Xtapa for five, six months, I think. Okay. Five or six months. Five or six months. And um, yeah. And then I left Xtapa and I was, I don't know. I, after that, I thought I wanted to take a break from Club Med and go and have a, go get a real job again. And uh, I moved to Seattle for about four months and uh, was miserable. And I actually called Hendel, begging him to let me come back to Cancun. And he said, yeah, okay, you can come back. So he ended up taking me back to Cancun. All right. And that's where we met. That's where we met. Yeah. Okay. So since you had only, you know, done, I guess, two seasons before that, I'm just curious, since you're the 11th guest from that season, I I find that there's like, of my 10 years in Club Med, there's three seasons that really stand out. And that's one of them. So did you feel that at the time or when you left that there was a lot of talent on that team? I just, I just want to know if I'm crazy or making it up. How, what did you feel no, about that team? That that, was, that was an amazing, an amazing season. I had such a good time. It was just so much fun. Yeah. But there was, uh, I've actually, I've actually been, since you and I spoke uh, last week about doing this, I have been racking my brain and trying to go through all my stories and whatnot. And I actually yes. find that because because I did two, I did four seasons in Cancun, that they all blur together. So I'm sitting here, I've actually pulled out some pictures to sort of jog my memory, and I'm like, I can't remember. I remember all the people from Cancun, but I'm like, did I work with that person and that person together, or was it a separate time? But um, yeah, I can't, well, I'm, I can't I'm assuming. I'm assuming you. Yeah, I'm assuming you you met uh, James Martin at this season or did you know james before no so james was actually in cancun for my first season he was oh okay yeah so it's funny james and i worked at cancun for my first year him and i worked together for the entire time then he actually went to extapa as well and he was my chief of sailing at extapa and then he was actually uh sailing geo when i came back to cancun so him and i worked together for almost the entire time What's it like working for James Martin? Fun. Okay. We yeah. had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we we did, right? Yeah. He's got a, he got a, a very, very dry sense of humor, right? About James. Yeah, he does. I still remember his dance moves. I will never forget those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he... <laughs> oh, we love yeah. you. James, if you're listening, you know we love you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I actually listened to his podcast yesterday. I didn't know that he was your second guest. Yeah, so that was yeah, really yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I loved his Jimmy Carter story too. It's, uh, yeah, it's wild. Well, it's funny. It actually made me wish I'd gone to to Crested Butte. So um, I don't know if I told you, but I um, 
uh, Gus after he left Cancun, he was going to Crested Butte. And uh, I was having lunch one day with this Brazilian family. And I was sitting there talking Portuguese to this Brazilian family. And Gus is walking by doing his rounds at the restaurant as he does. And he stops and he goes, wait a minute, you speak Portuguese? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do actually. And he goes, oh, okay. And he turns to the family and goes, does he really? And they said, yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes off and the next day, Nicole Cooper, my uh, chief sport comes up to me. She goes, Joseph, uh, I've had a word to Gus. And um, how would you feel about going to Crested Butte and being a reception geo? I was like, oh, Gus, I actually just left Colorado. I just left the snow and I've just arrived in Cancun. I don't really want to. But now that I've you know, I missed it and it closed, I would have really loved to experience that winter village feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I it's true. I never wanted to go go there. Being from Montreal, I hate snow, but you hear about how much fun people had at Copper Mountain in Crested Butte, right? Like it's a special, yeah, right? it a special time in their lives. So yeah, I feel I. Uh, you would have had to take me kicking and screaming, but I'm sure at the end of that season, I would have loved it. Right? <laughs> oh, exactly. You never, you never, never in Europe. You never got a chance to go uh, to a winter village or anything. No, no. They always thank, thank you, Clement. No, they always sent me to to the beach. Okay. <laughs> But uh, not but, <laughs> but it's but even before this podcast, I, I knew people loved like really loved their time at Copper and Crested. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like I said, I wish I'd gone, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. You you brought up Portuguese again. So in in your intro, I said that you speak twelve languages. This seems rather impossible, but you know I want to give you the benefit of the doubt because. I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't ask you this question when I, when I knew you, you know what I mean? Like how it never came up. So how does one go from, you know, learning French to like picking up all these other ones? I'm a big dork is <laughs> the real easy answer. Okay. <laughs> no, ever since, I, ever since I was a kid, I just found languages fascinating. So when I say I speak 12 languages, I do have a bit of a confession to make. So I speak apart from English three really, really, really well. So like? I speak French, Portuguese, French, Portuguese, and Spanish, um, mm -hmm. I, I speak really well. And then after that, my German, Italian, and my Mandarin are good, really, really good. But there are lots of situations I could get myself into that I would be like, oh, I have no idea what's going on here. And then after that, I've got my other languages where I'd be, I'm very useful, but I couldn't you know, do a like a tour in these languages or anything like that. Yeah. I couldn't read a book. But like, I definitely, I can go to these countries and do whatever I need to do. Okay. Now of all the languages you mentioned, I, I speak a little of, not your level, a little of, but I must say when I, when I spent a year in Asia of the three main Asian languages that were in Ria Bintan, so Japanese, Korean, Mandarin, Mandarin was by far the hardest language I've ever heard and, <laughs> and, and to learn. If you get you get a tone wrong or, you know, on the, on a word, they look at you like they don't understand you. So would you agree that Mandarin is one of the hardest languages to learn? Uh, it, it is really, really hard, but I, weirdly enough, I actually, my Achilles heel is Japanese. My Japanese really? is terrible. But Japanese it's is really so weird. easy Man to learn. You know, everyone says that, but Mandarin I found, I found really, really, really easy. But, and the weird thing with Japanese is my brother-in-law lived in Japan for 20 years. My sister-in-law, is Japanese. I have two nephews who they speak English, but they not very well, and their predominant language is Japanese. So I've been surrounded by it for 20 years, and um, it just never stuck. 
weirdly okay. enough. That's, oh yeah, that is odd it, because, uh, yeah. It's for, kind of embarrassing. <laughs> for, you don't hear too many Westerners like, you know, speaking Mandarin fluently. Sure, I see them on TikTok all the time, but there are not many of them, you know, out <laughs> there that go into a restaurant and can order, you know, and then not, the whole t- the whole restaurant turns and looks at them like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever got that reaction? <laughs> Uh, it actually just happened to me recently, uh, not not from the, the the Chinese, but um, I was on holiday and my brother-in-law I was talking to this lady, uh, this Chinese lady in Mandarin, and my brother-in-law looks at me and he goes, "What are you? What? What is that?" This is, I'm just talking to this lady. He goes, "You actually, you actually speak Chinese?" I go, "Yeah, I actually do." So, um, no, it's actually really funny. Whenever um, a lot of my really close friends, even my husband, uh, when I when I say I speak these languages, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. They don't quite believe me. And then when I find myself in a situation where I should have to speak them, they're like, wait, you actually do? And I go, yeah, I actually do. I'm not lying. Uh, we ended up traveling around Europe for a while and we arrived in Italy and I was talking, just organizing train tickets in Italian. And my husband comes to me and goes, you, I didn't know you even spoke Italian. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. And, uh, it's, a very common, it's a very common reaction. All right. Well, yeah, I, I could keep talking about this, but I know the listeners are going to kill me if I don't keep asking you about Cancun. So sorry, listeners, for the <laughs> sidetrack. I like languages, oh, too. Sorry. So we're going to we're going to ask Joseph if he has a favorite memory from from that time, that season in Cancun. I, I know. Look, I had it's really hard. It's really hard, but it's the coolest thing I can ever. And I'm sure other listeners can sort of um, relate to this is I had so much fun that it's really hard to, I've got these awesome memories. I've got these awesome memories, but it's not like a really awesome stories, but I remember. Yes. Sorry, just before you say, but I am, I am like, I did tell Joseph that the stories have to be appropriate. So I know I'm hamstringing a lot of guests when I say that. So I I know you must have a really funny one. So yes, I I would like to hear, I would like to hear your most appropriate (laughs) one. So that's on me. Okay. That's on me. You don't go after Joseph, go after me. Okay, sorry, Joseph, continue. Yeah, you did. Yeah, when you said when you said you have to be all clean, and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There goes 50% mem- of my stories. <laughs> the clean memories don't stand out quite as much. But um, true, I remember true. Going, to, going to bed every night in Cancun, just so excited for the next day. I couldn't wait to wake up. I'd be like, I don't want to sleep. I just want to wake up and do this day all over again. I had... Just, I had so much fun. All the people were amazing. I remember uh, that season, Gus had a bunch of Brazilians that were there, and uh, it made me eat chicken hearts for the first time, which was just disgusting. Oh, wait, wait, we're back. It. We're on the 2003. Sorry, I meant the 2004, 2005 uh, handle season. Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. No, sorry. Well, wait, let me yeah, ask sorry. before before you answer, what was your favorite nightclub in Cancun? Mine was Coco Bongo. Did you have a favorite one? Yes. Uh, so we used to take the GMs to Daddy Rocks and Daddy O's. Yes. Which was fine. They were, they were great, whatever. But there was a club upstairs called VIP Lounge. And it, it, for some reason, they opened early for us. So I don't know what it was, but it, we'd have this whole club to ourselves. And it was, I had so much fun in there. It was, um, yeah, I loved it. I loved going out to the bars and clubs in Mexican Cancun. It was just awesome. Oh, yeah, I think I, I think I remember that one. I did not know you were a VIP, but that that tracks. Oh, definitely tracks. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> it's not what you know; it's who you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I, I guess you and uh, Hendel got on like a house on fire. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, for the most part. Again, I, I'm always with with the predominant most of the chief villages. I always was a little bit starstruck, but like, oh, they're my boss, and I, I always sort of hung, hung back a little bit. The only chief village I ever got particularly close to was was Joey. But yeah, him and I, we worked really well together. And yeah, well, when, very, when did you? Nice so did you leave around like April May two thousand five? Do you recall? Ah, uh, yeah. So the my last season. So I had actually decided before I went back to club Cancun with Hendel, I'd actually decided to come to Australia, but I had to, because of the, I was going to go to university here and the way the school year worked is I'd actually just missed the cutoff to start school that year. So I had to wait an entire year for the next intake. So I was going to finish up my season in Cancun and come to Australia in February to start uni. And uh, in November, I had a day off and I was down in Plaza Las Americas doing some shopping and I get back to the village at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon and they said, oh, that's it. Everyone's day off is canceled. There's a hurricane coming. And, you know, everyone who's been to Club Med has had, you know, hurricane parties and hurricane stories. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And they said, no, no, no. There's a really bad category five hurricane heading towards Cancun. I'm like, Ooh. But looking at it, it's like a bright blue sky, no waves, no nothing. I thought, yeah, whatever. It'll just be a, a blip like all the other closing the entire village up and putting tape over the windows and all that sort of stuff. We had to dismantle all the boats and take them up to the, the theater. And we woke up the next morning and uh, hurricane had arrived and uh, we actually ended up getting evacuated for two weeks to a little hotel near Chichen Itza. And um, when we went back to the resort, it was demolished, absolutely demolished. It was really, really bad. And um I had three months left before I started uni and I said, I'm not going back to Virginia and sitting around my parents' house and working like a waiting job or something like that. So I said, I'll take anything, whatever you can do, please just give me somewhere for three months. And they sent me to um, Sandpiper as a mini club GR. For okay. Three well, let's back up a bit. Okay. So you were there. Okay. So you were there after I left. So you were at that hurricane that effectively closed it as a singles resort. And when it reopened, it was fat. Mm, yes. That, okay. Yeah. Hurricane. Hurricane Wilma, 2005. Wilma. All right, let me ask you something. <laughs> I, I always loved, uh, I always loved Hendel's meetings. Now, I want, I just want to know if you recall this certain geo meeting. At one point, you know, nearing the end, people started going crazy with nicknames. So people who never had a nickname wanted a nickname on their badge, and it got so out of hand that Hendel kind of had to put a stop to it gently. And I remember him doing a geo meeting to. You know, to make fun and slightly exaggerate the next state names, he's going, guys, guys, you got to stop the nicknames. You know, I'll give you an example. Hey, <laughs> hey, Joe, have you seen Muchas Gracias? Oh, yeah, he's right over there talking to Por Favor. That was the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever say in my I, life. Okay. <laughs> I rolling on the ground. I, <laughs> do you remember this meeting? <laughs> I do remember this meeting. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! So you were okay. So you were there for that that uh, hurricane that effectively ended yeah. the single single life in Cancun. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, we were there. So you get to Sandpiper in two thousand five. Tom Keitel is your chief of village and mini club. So what's that like going from sports team to mini club? Look, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have stuck around in club match for quite as long as I did had uh, that been what I was going to do. Yes, but um. It was it was fun and because I was going coming to Australia to be a school teacher. I was like, oh, this is good actually practice for me. So I kind of used it a bit of a learning curve. But um, yeah, I didn't. It was it was fun. It was interesting and okay. I enjoyed the people. But it was um, 
yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it again. <laughs> well, no, but we all, we all know, like we, we, we shudder when the mini club walks by, like you shudder because we know we would never want their job. Like that's, it's hard. It's not that we, you know, we know what you're doing is tough and we couldn't do it. You know, it's, it's really a compliment. Like I, you know, like I never same, same as you, I'd never, but you actually did it. But I, I, I was, yeah. like, I, I knew I couldn't do it, you know, because the patience oh, that they I have, to have. Day two, my, the chief of mini club put me with the babies. I think you could do for nine months or something like that. And I had to change a diaper. Oh God. Oh God. Okay. And, it was my very first time. I've never changed a diaper before in my life. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and my chief, my, my chief of um, mini club, she basically had to teach me how to do it. She was telling me, you know, take the onesie off and yada, yada, yada. And this kid had diarrhea up his entire back to the top of his head. Oh, and I just remember dry reaching and gagging. And I was just trying really hard to pass this kid off in my chief mini club. I was like, no, 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 you have to learn. You have to learn. And uh, yeah, I did it. But that was just, it was really bad. <laughs> and that right there is why I never did it. <laughs> yep. No, it was, oh, funnily enough, it was, that was the worst one. So after that, everything was got a little bit easier. <laughs> okay. Well, you knew, and you knew you were, I'm, well, curious, you, you, said, you said you knew already you wanted to go, you know, to the University of Melbourne. So uh, as a, so now this makes since you're American, this makes you an international student, correct? Correct. Was I it was. very expensive? Was it very expensive? Like, I mean, the Aussie dollar time, like, because I know I work in a university now, so I, I see how much international students pay. But I don't know from America to Australia if it's that much of a difference uh, in terms of tuition. Well, because talking to talking to Australians, I paid a fortune because I okay. think my same uh, degree, my my same degree for. Australians was like three thousand dollars or something like that. Oh, oh is it? But, okay. okay. But the degree that I got in Australia was cheaper than the degree I got in the states. Oh, okay. So it was it. it was less expensive to go here to come here than it was to live in the states. So when when you got there, and even though you speak English, okay, did you find that I don't know some professors had a thicker accent than most, and were you struggling in any courses oh. because of the uh, accent? It took me. It took me about three months. Of living here until I, was like, until I was pretty sure I knew what was going on. And I, like I said, I've been here for, it's been 18 years now in February. And probably once every two or three months, I'll hear a word that I've never heard before. <laughs> Come on, guys, you're serious. You, you, you're making fun of me. You're, you're, you're taking the mickey. And they're like, no, no, that's an actual word. One I heard the other week was um, allergy. I'm like, what's, what's allergy? And they're like, oh, it's a, it's a cold. They go, that's not a word. And they go, yes, it is. And I'll, you know, ask multiple people. And they go, oh, yeah, it's this. And they go, well, how have I not heard this before? Is it short for allergy? Because you know how they shorten everything in Australia, like auditorium is odd. So is that allergy from possibly allergy or no? You're a smart man. It's just one. I actually uh, okay. don't know. I've never, I've, never, oh, okay. I've, never made that, I've never made that connection before. I'm oh, okay. going to find out later, actually. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. They do like to shorten things. Okay. All right. So what's it like uh, being a, a teacher? Like, so you, I am, I think you do, uh, what your age is five to 13 year olds. Is that, is that what you teach? I teach, I teach, yeah, I teach five to 13 year olds and I teach French, which is, um, <laughs> interesting. Australians aren't known for, um, their affinity for languages. And I live kind of in the middle of nowhere, not the middle of nowhere, about an hour and a half outside of Melbourne. Kids here are not particularly interested in learning languages, but, uh, yeah, it's still fun. 
God, what's so it fun. like? It's, what's um, it like hearing a thirteen-year-old with a Nazi accent speak French? It must be so cute, no? Oh, it's pretty grating, actually. <laughs> okay, because I'm assuming the Aussie accent overpowers the beautiful French language, right? Okay. Bonjour, Monsieur Ramsey. Oh, that's the <laughs> See, look, I can't. I can't, I just okay. went southern. I'm okay. actually stuck yeah, yeah. now. I I can't. <laughs> I don't sound American anymore. I don't sound Australian. And if you say sound Australian, I can't. Well, yeah, sound but it's American. it's I can't. Hard, it's hard. I don't even. I don't even think I could. I, I spent a year in Australia. I don't think I could do an Aussie speaking French. It's too hard. It's two totally different accents. <laughs> I I couldn't do it either. Like I'm thinking about it, and it's not even the words aren't even coming out. <laughs> not not computing. No. I did hear a, a Southern guy speak Hebrew when I was in Israel, and that was hysterical. Okay. <laughs> Manish, wow. Uh, Manishma. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was it was hysterical. But uh, I was just curious. Oh, that rem- that reminds know. me of James's French. <laughs> Sorry, James. Yeah, those uh those sailing regatta explanations in French took quite a while. <laughs> no, just kidding, James. <laughs> oh do you remember I don't know if you remember, but remember when Sardine first arrived in Cancun and the guy uh, spoke absolutely zero English. Yes. And within the first like four days, we made him learn a script how to give a windsurfing in in lesson in english yes and and let's not forget like james because next to sardines dancing james is john travolta because we quickly forgot about james when we saw if you recall sardine sardine the dancing machine doing crazy signs that was nobody knew what was happening do you recall his first time when he unveiled that do you recall like no one knew what he was doing He was doing his own thing. I never, I couldn't even explain what it was, but he was doing, no one, (laughs) he was doing his own thing, dance like no one was watching, and everyone was mystified. Like, and then, you know, then his legend, his legend slowly grew, right? Because then he kept doing it. But uh, no, no, no. James is John Travolta next to Sardine. I thought. Yeah. No, I don't actually remember Sardine's dancing minutes. I am. I can still picture it. He was doing whatever the move was. He'd do his own thing, you know. And people, some people would get annoyed, like on the mic, like, "Dude, you're supposed to fight a beret here," you know. Like, uh, <laughs> oh no, no, he I would just he did he do this weird thing with his arms, you know. Oh, like he was playing a piano at arm's length. I, I, I don't know, man. The like, yeah, he heard a- he heard something. He was moved by the music, you know. Hey, <laughs> I do remember that. Okay. I actually have got an, an amazing, my favorite crazy sign memory of all time. Oh yeah! Um, it was actually your your buddy Joker. Yes, he was on the microphone. He was about to leave. He was leaving Cancun to go somewhere, and it was his last night. And yeah, um, yes, that was had... uh, that was our last. Yeah, mine and Joker's was the same uh, last night. That was an epic last night, by the way. But yes, uh, well, we... it was an epic last day, apparently. Because yes, uh, I have videos you, you on, on YouTube. I have videos of on <laughs> YouTube on yes, they're all there. It started very early. I just came back from uh, uh, water skiing, and Joker opened my door at ten o'clock a.m. He said, "It's on," and it's on. And... <laughs> That means um, but, you, you had to start imbibing, okay? <laughs> yes, but I have never witnessed. Uh, he had imbibed, clearly imbibed quite a lot. A little and, bit. Um, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was quite it was quite apparent, but uh, I have never seen someone hold it together for crazy signs like he did. It yes. was just amazing. <laughs> he was yes. giving instructions in French and English, and just it was just 
um, yeah. days. And, and then, then was, we did the, uh, the big, yeah, then we did the, the big Chippendales night after that. So that was, um, oh, yeah, God. because of our last yes, night. So true. even, even I did, I was usually the MC, but I said, you know what, for the fans, I'm going to give them one. I'm no, just kidding. No, but I did decide to, <laughs> to do, to do a little number there, you know, just to, you know, it was the last I night. Right? That, yeah. okay. I the I'd actually forgotten about that. This is good. I'm, I'm remembering all these, uh, funny memories now. What do you remember the Chippendales? Well, Joseph, you, you might not remember this, but, um, we were, it was a slow beach day and uh, we were we gathered those, by, we? <laughs> yes, we were gathered by, it was like me, you, Nathan, James, and we were gathered by the photos that they took of, here's your beach team. And you had a color, you know, eight by 10 headshot for some stupid reason, you know, Greg, the dummy that I am, I, to break the ice or, you know, or it was, it was a boring day. I said, Joseph, if you had your choice gun to the head, uh, which one of these guys on the board would you date? And you very... <laughs> Yeah, diplomatically, I think left or or, or refused to answer. Okay, <laughs> I might have used a different yeah. word than date, mind you. Okay, <laughs> this was two thousand five, and you know someone might have like gasped, and I'm sure I'm sure James thought it was him. Okay, so again, you, <laughs> Joseph did not answer this question, but do you remember this? I do remember this. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, did you think what a jerk for asking me that? Were you were you horrified? Oh, you if made, you were, I want to apologize now if you were because I didn't mean anything. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, nah, no, nah, you made me blush, Swan. You really, uh, you made I do, me blush. I do, I do remember you <laughs> blushing, and I thought then I felt bad, like oh god, no, like what, oh. what did you idiot, Greg? What did you do? Okay, because <laughs> I, I don't no. think you were expecting that, right? And and like to... no, it was it was definitely okay. get, get, caught me out of left field, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, I felt that at any rate. So I just, I wanted to apologize all these later, but I, I did mean no harm. I was just being Greg, you know, like, um, hey. well, you, you, well, now it's my turn to make you blush. Cause you know who it was, don't you? It was James, wasn't it? It was you. Are you serious? There uh, we go. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. To, yeah. I can't wait to rub this in his face. Uh, not for, yeah, figure, figuratively, uh, you know, no, I'm serious. Oh. Oh, okay. No, okay. Sorry. Bad, bad button. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Thank God. Cause we've been fighting we, James and I have been fighting about this for arguing about this for years. Okay. <laughs> sorry, James. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry, James. And at that point I've worked with James for like five or six seasons. So okay. James is like a brother, like a brother to me at that point. Well, I wasn't great in my defense. I wasn't great shape in that season. So I must say like, you we, were, did a lot you of, were. We, did, we did a lot of pull-ups that's that season, like on the beach and push-ups. you know? So um, I do remember you actually installed the pull-up bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the back is the back is as important as the front, right? As they say. <laughs> that it is. That it okay. is. All right. <laughs> oh okay. God, wouldn't it be great to be that young again? My yes. body, older I get, my my body's falling apart, and yes, it's just not what it used to be. I remember just the stamina we used to have. I remember getting up in the morning and going for a run or going to the gym, and then on the beach pulling boats and swimming, and then crazy signs at lunch and water volleyball, and then yeah, the beach. And yeah, let, let me ask: then, Does this happen to you now? Someone goes, "It's Tuesday." Hey, Joseph, we're going for drinks after work, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's Tuesday!" Do you do this now? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not even on no. a Friday anymore. <laughs> But if someone were yeah. to suggest drinks on a Tuesday, would you be like horrified? Like me, because in Club Med, every day was Tuesday. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're drinking. So did this, does this happen now where someone invites you like on a, on a work night? And you're like, it's well, a work night. Well, in my defense, I am Australian now and they definitely enjoy a, a cold beverage every now and again. So <laughs> I'm in good company, but um, 
True. No, more for me. For me now, it's more uh, time. If you want me to be out past eight, that's not happening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't personally drink after like five anymore. So because you know I don't sleep as it is. So, but speaking of drinking, <laughs> do you have a favorite Aussie beer? I've actually become a bit of a, a wino in my old age. Oh, really? Um, so okay. where I where I live now is um, it's a place called the Mornington Peninsula, and like it's about an hour and a bit outside of Melbourne. And I moved down here because um, at the time it was the only place I could afford a house. And um, I didn't know it, but it's actually one of the top wine producing regions in this country. And I have made it my mission to try almost every single wine. Oh, even, so far. even even Goon? I bet you're impressed I know about Goon, aren't you? I am. I am impressed you know about Goon. Goon is actually, weird enough, it's actually becoming a bit fancy down here. Well, did you ever play that? I saw a video. Have you ever played that game Goon where they tie the box of Goon to a uh, a clothesline and they spin it and it goes round and round and then whoever it hits on the head has to chug it? Is Am I getting this right? <laughs> Something like that. No, th- thankfully I, I missed that. My friends when I came here were a little bit more uh, Oh, okay. Upper crust. Okay. okay. <laughs> But yeah, okay. no, I definitely do remember that. I've heard of it, but uh, okay. I've never had the chance okay. to sing it. Okay. But, um, wait, wait, but, another another Club Ed question. Do you have, I have this recurring dream about Club Ed. Do you have them or not at all? Oh, like, you... I haven't had one in a while. In a while okay. But I would say, probably it's probably been about five years since I've had one, but it used to happen probably three or four times a year where I would have this dream that I just decided to, pack my life in and go back to Clement and um, I'd find myself there and, you know, going about and doing all the, all the stuff again. And yeah, it was um, a strange dream. I remember I used to, I used to wake up and be like, oh, did I actually do that? Is that what I need to do with my life? Am I going back to Clement? Cause I, okay. I will say when I first came to, when I first came to Australia, I, um, I actually thought about going back to Clement a little bit and it ended up you know, fizzling out very quickly. But, uh, yeah, I was um, wasn't sure that I was done with my time at Club Med when I left. Well, that that's interesting because mine, I'm always back there working, so I'm like I've gone back in time, like I've I've gone back to a village I worked at, and, and you're 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 actually you know, leaving everything and going back to work. That's interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, I yeah, I always thought that I would have liked to kind of stick it out a little bit more and see some more resorts and all that, but ah, you know, can't change it now. <laughs> All right, Joseph, uh, we're nearing the end of our time, but before I go, I'd like to know that if there's someone that you enjoyed working with or some, you know, GOs, chief of service, whatever, like that you really had a great time with in your time in Clement? Oh, there is, there's, there's heaps and heaps and heaps, but kind of a small list, obviously James, James and I worked together for pretty much my entire time at Clement. And um, yeah, James was awesome. There was, uh, do you remember Pascal? Pascal oh, um, Lagania? What, what did he do? Uh, Pascal, she was a uh, snow, um, what do you call it? A water ski GR. That name she's sounds from, familiar. Yeah, she she actually ended up marrying an Australian, Shannon, and they live just outside of Montreal. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, her, and I had her, James, and I, and Parker. We had an amazing time. Parker um, Burke. Parker Burke. Yep. I actually saw Parker. I um, worked with Parker the season where he met his wife. Um, oh. and his wife and I, his wife and I were actually really. She was a mini club geo, and her and I were actually quite close. And um, I ended up seeing them in 2012, and I was in Chicago. And um, yeah, she was pregnant with their first child, and 
Nice. Um, so, 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 yeah, so and then actually, do you remember? Do you ever work with the Brazilian Rodrigo? Yes, uh, Rodrigo Barreto, yeah. right? Yeah, in Cancun. Yeah. Yeah, one yeah, of the best, look, best, enough, best looking geos I've ever seen. Yeah, no, hands down. Yes. Tell me one, about it. One, yeah, one well, Rodrigo, weirdly enough, Rodrigo actually lives like an hour and a half away from me now. He ended up marrying an Australian and then um, lives in Melbourne. Oh my God, what a small world. I know, it's actually, it's quite strange. And um, there's another uh, geo, uh, uh, tennis geo called Isa, Isabel, who's Belgian, but um, I actually saw her last year. She lives in Switzerland and I was in France and... Um, I popped into Switzerland and had lunch with her, and it was awesome. It was really cool to connect with her on like a completely different continent, and that uh, was awesome. No, nah, but yeah, there's so many names and so many people that I had just such an amazing time with. Like, yeah, I could sit here and name names all day. No, I know, and don't send them angry emails, folks. Okay, there's there's two <laughs> two numbers oh, to mention. Um, okay. <laughs> well, like I said I, last last night, I was getting a bit nostalgic. My poor husband, I put on crazy signs, and he he was like, "Can you stop?" I was like, "No." feeling very nostalgic and I went and pulled out all my old pictures and I've actually got this really cool picture of us on a sail, a bunch of my really good geo friends on a sailboat over to Isla Mujeres. And I just, um, it was just. Well, great. I, ho- I hope you uh, send me some of those so I can post them along with your episode. Will do. Will do. Uh, all right. Now, since you've been out of club Ed for some time, are there, is there some one thing you miss about it? Or are there three things? Have you ever thought about it? Like to narrow it down? Yeah, yeah. I miss one of the things I miss about Cancun the most is I miss the windsurfing. When I was in Cancun, I really got into my windsurfing, and it was just—it was really convenient. You know, you you stumble out of bed, you roll to the beach, and then you've got everything there, and off you go. When I came to Australia, I took up uh, kiteboarding, and kiteboarding—I'd have to get in my car, drive to the beach, and set everything up. It was actually quite a procedure, and I—I uh, oh, oh, yeah. just missed. I, I miss being able to just having all of that just there. Yes. And I guess sort of like that, having the active lifestyle and it was just unreal. I miss, another thing I miss is having all of the different languages around. Like uh, I was, I was born to do club med, you know, I miss, I've got this one really distinct memory. Um, I was sitting in Sandro, this Brazilian guy's room and him and I were having a chat in Portuguese and then a French friend of ours walked in and then we switched to French and then an Australian walked in and then we all switched to English. And it was just that, that constant change and back and forth. That I absolutely love. This is a weird one. But one of the things I miss about Clement the most was every week was different. You know, I missed that excitement and like, oh, it's a big arrival today tomorrow. Who's going to be? What's, what, what's this week going to be like? Who's going to come? Is it going to be someone famous? Is it going to be someone that I fall in love with? Is it, what's it going to be like? I, I miss that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with all of those, uh, what you just said. Yeah, especially the, I always say that, yeah, like if you're a windsurfer, a kite surfer, the, the equipment's just there. It's somebody already put it together. It's on the beach and you go, right? Now you've got to schlep everything everywhere, right? I mean. And by the time you're uh, ready, yeah. the, the, wind, the wind's probably died down, right? By the time you get out there. So, yeah. You're, you're, Such you're right. a procedure. Yeah, especially yeah, uh, kite surfing, getting those lines ready, straightening out your line. Oh, yeah. But did you find uh, that? Just a I, quick, quick, quick question. Did you find that? Because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Uh, to lear- learning, okay, so we all know how long it takes to learn windsurfing, but did you find that learning kite surfing it was a lot quicker? It was quicker. It, um, I actually didn't like kite surfing. Um, oh no! Oh, okay. I felt so with no with windsurfing, the more wind, the better. I know it sounds stupid, but you just couldn't 
I couldn't go fast enough. I just wanted it was you were always wanted more and more and more and more. With kite surfing, I always found that I was constantly having to bleed a bunch of speed off because you've got this giant sail, and it just felt a little bit out of control. I never felt yeah. really safe. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's it's so far, yeah, and it's so far from you. Whereas you're you're harnessed into your sail basically in windsurfing, right? Like that's that's what mm, I do like mm. about windsurfing. Uh, you're you're really close to it. Whereas yes, it's one wrong turn in kite surf. When I got to Israel, the first thing I saw when I got to the beach was a kid that wiped out, took out all the parasols on the beach, and broke his arm. Like this is like my first day in Israel, you know, which was a very normal yeah. kite surfing well, beach, so well, very easy to get hurt. Yeah. Well, it doesn't also help that when I was when I was kite surfing, it's the, 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 I live on this giant bay and the water's freezing pretty much all year round, and it's right by this massive busy road. So one kind of wrong move will have me thrown into traffic. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> with, with with your board shorts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't really want to want to get a uh, slammed by a car on that day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joseph, man, this has been so great to catch up with you. Yeah, and it has so been happy great. we reconnected and you're you're in my favorite country in the world. On top of that, one of my favorite people. <laughs> and uh, so kind of you to share your story uh, with us here today. No, thank you for having me. This has been this has been awesome. I have actually really enjoyed even in the lead up to this, just going back through all my old club memories and it's um I'm just looking at them now and just smiling. It's it's been great. So I'll leave it to you. You can you can tell James it was me and not him if you want, or I can do it. It's totally up to you, whatever <laughs> whatever you want, because uh, we've been arguing about this since two thousand five. So uh, uh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll break his heart. <laughs> or, or 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 we can wait till this airs, and I'll just send him the link and say, hey, at time mark, you know, fifty seven minutes. Listen do, to this. Yes. <laughs> do okay, that. Let's, do that. Okay, definitely. let's do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> And yeah, so please send me a lot of those pictures so people uh, people that don't know you can see you know all the fun we had in Cancun and and your other we'll do. villages. We'll do. All right, and my last last call. Did we cat? Did we get it all? I don't want to late leave or you leave without you know if we forgot something. Did we get it? We got it. Yeah, like I said, I, I wish I had some funnier stories, but like I said, it was just I had that's, such an that, amazing time. That's my time. that's my fault. No, Joseph does have a funny one. I just can't say it. Uh, we we did a pause before, and it was hilarious. But I'm sorry. Oh no. yeah. Okay. No, I, I, no, I, will no. my, I will tell him what my I will tell him what my Swan nickname is after, folks. So you know, I'm sorry I can't you share it with you. That. But <laughs> once we stop recording, I, I will tell him that. But uh, so here's what we say where we say goodbye to our uh, listeners, Joseph. So if you want to say goodbye to the people that you worked with and that, you know, people that listen, please take it away, sir. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you guys very much. I thank you for being part of my Club Med journey. And um, yeah, I hope to catch up with some uh, more of my Club Med friends, friends very soon. So until then, see you later. That was the one and only Joseph Ramsey from Virginia, now living in Australia. And we'll see you all next week with another new installment of My First Season. Bye. Bye.